0: We're in this season of Advent at the moment, and lots of people think that Advent, this uh, season that we go through, is just about the countdown to Christmas. But in the church, it's much more than that. Uh, The season of Advent is actually a time where uh, churches and, and we're supposed to have a season of asking ourselves, are we ready? Are we prepared for when Jesus comes? Well, we, look, we look back as we do that and we look and see when Jesus came for the first time into the world, but we also ask that question, Is are we ready for when, G- when Jesus comes again? Are oh, there anything we need to do in our lives to be ready for him? And I think as we look at this passage and um, we look at um, the message that God gave to John the Baptist, we can actually learn some really, really um, good and useful things that can help us be people that are more ready for Jesus in our lives. There will be some of you here that have already, you know, you've already put your trust in Jesus, but I think that the points that we make are actually things that are really going to be helpful for us to remember in our lives to help us keep, a, get, a, get a really good focus and get Jesus in a bit clearer picture in our lives. And perhaps there's some of you that are, that are here tonight that haven't really put your trust in Jesus yet. And this message of John the Baptist, I think, can be really, really helpful for you as well. It might be something that could prepare you, perhaps, to be ready and to meet with Jesus at some point in your life, in the near future, I hope. So let's look at this passage. And there's, there's three things I, sort of, I, I want to say mainly um, from this passage. I could say a lot, but I'm going to say three main things. And the first is this, is we need to know that God wants to speak to us. You need to know that God speaks to you and he wants to speak to you. I wondered if you noticed at the start of the passage, there was a a long list of names of important uh, people. We were told Tiberius was the current Caesar, the current Emperor of Rome. This passage was written at almost uh, when the Roman Empire was at the height of its power and it had invaded and it was ruling lots of lands, including Israel, where where John the Baptist was and and where Jesus was. So he he was sort of the Emperor and they were the big power in the world at that time. So he was in charge and looked, and looked after that whole empire. And then after that, we had um, a list of th- three tetrarchs, three rulers that Caesar had put in place over different territories in Israel that sort of ruled on his behalf and reported back to him. And then on top of that, we also had two high priests names. High priests back then wouldn't just been religious people. They would also had political influence in um, society and they would have had access to the rulers as well. So we have all these important people named, political uh, influences, power and authority. And yet, did you notice what I said after lifting all those names, the next thing? It says, the word of God came to John. The word of God came to John. John, just an ordinary man, son of Zachariah, son of, uh, of an everyday priest, It just came to him, not to somebody that had lots of wealth or political influence. It just came to an ordinary man. And this happens time and again in the Bible. You see God speaking to and giving messages to everyday people or people, in fact, that were less than everyday people in the eyes of the world around them. We don't need to be wealthy. We don't need to think we have lots for God to want to speak to us. God is a God who doesn't look at things like that. He's a God that will speak to you no matter what you've got or haven't got, no matter who you might think you are or who you might think you're not. God speaks and is able to speak to every single one of us. And I think we need to remember that as well, is we do believe in a God that loves to speak. Often we can think that God is quite distant and absent, and 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 it's hard to know what he says. And I think we need to be honest as well, because I've been through times in my life when it's been hard to hear God. But the Bible talks about God and one of the readings, we'll be—hopefully you'll be hopefully you'll be here if you're here at some of the Christmas services, is a reading from, from John 1 which talks about God being the word. I don't think it's an accident that, that the Bible describes God as being like a living word. We have a God that talks, that speaks, that is saying stuff and communicating to us a lot. There's lots of different ways that God can speak. The Bible is a, is a great way to hear what God is saying. So if God's inspired word, a message to us, there's no, we don't just read the Bible on Sundays in church services and talk about it because um, we just think it's a really good book because we think God can speak to us through it. That's why we, we read it and we then talk about it. And why I'm up here talking about it because we think God can speak to us through it. God can also speak to us if we give him time through, through pictures or words that he puts in our mind. And also, God can speak to us through other people too. Like John the Baptist, God came to John with a message and God wanted to use him to declare his message to other people and John had this uh, message to share and people came to listen to it I think when God gives us a message or God gives us truth and we proclaim it out there's something magical and something powerful about it that other people want to hear they're intrigued by it and John was out in the wilderness and people came to see him not everybody liked the message but people came to hear it and John was bold enough to take this message from God and to speak it out, even though it was different. It was unique and a little bit strange for the people there. But he did it anyway. And John, you know, yeah, we won't go into how weird John was. He, he did some really weird stuff like eat locusts and he went around wearing camel hair as his clothes. But he had a message from God so people went to hear it and he challenged them and he challenged them and some people responded and some people didn't but we'll come back to why some people didn't respond and some people did later on so first thing in this passage is we have a God here who is wanting to speak he he spoke to John and gave John a message to speak out to other people as well God wants to speak to you The second thing I think we can learn from this passage is actually we need to make space to listen to this God who speaks. We need to make space to listen. Did you notice it said in the passage as well, the word of God came to John in the desert. Sometimes it's translated uh, wilderness. John was somewhere away from the busyness and bustle of everyday life, of everyday business. And it was there that he heard God speak to him. And again, this is something we see quite a bit in the Bible. We see people hearing from God when they make time to be away from others, be away from the distractions of the world, and hear God speak Them, hear their father speak to them. Even Jesus did it in his earthly ministry. He was surrounded by people following around because he was doing miracles and doing amazing teaching. Yet we're told that he would uh, go away early in the morning, have time on his own in prayer, talking to and listening to his father in heaven. Maybe that is something that we all, if we're struggling to hear from God, need to make space to do in our lives. I know it can be tricky, particular, a busy time of years, but make a little bit of time to just to be away and spend time praying and listening to God, giving him an opportunity to speak away from the noise of life. We've already shared about these, but these are wonderful little booklets. You just spend five to ten minutes reading this, praying and listening and reflecting on it each day in those 12 days of Christmas. And I, I think God will speak to you if you take the time to do that. Because I do believe God speaks. And if we give him time, we will be able to hear him. And that's certainly um, sort of my own experience. And I'm really busy. We can get all caught up in life and rushing around and doing this and doing that. But actually, when you stop and you make time with God, it's always beneficial because we can hear this speaking God giving us words of wisdom and advice and and help that's going to guide us through all the different things that we've got going on in our lives at the moment. Uh, nobody look at Patrick when I ask this question because I felt quite envious of him this morning. Hands up if you finish preparing for Christmas and all your presents and everything is done. Oh, there's a few of you as well. Don't know. Hands up if you're not prepared for Christmas. Yeah. Empathy. We'll ignore that. Well, we won't ignore them because we have to like them, don't we? But but there's still a lot. You know, Christmas is going to be really, really um, poor, isn't it? If we um, if we're not ready. With all those things, I've only got to remember to buy presents for one person, which is my wife, and as she kind of sorts the rest out for me. Um, but I've still got to think and be prepared and make time to do that. And um, I'm a bit nervous about it. I've been trying to listen really, really well about actually what she wants for Christmas and trying to um, hear what she's saying and dropping those hints. I think I've got a few things now. My Christmas could be really, really bad if I don't make the time to actually go to her and talk to her and then listen to what she's saying back. Christmas is going to be a really, really poor experience if I don't do that. And then, but also, I've got to, after I hear the words, I've actually got to put them into action, haven't I? I've actually got to go out and do it and to buy the right presents as well because I want to make her happy and I want her to be pleased with me. And that kind of brings me to my third point as well. So we've got to know that God wants to speak to us. We've got to make time to listen. But then we've actually got to trust Jesus' words. We've got to act on them. And the bit I'm about to say, I think is quite a challenging bit of this passage. I want us to look at the message that God gave John to prepare the people for Jesus. It says this, it's in verse three. He went into all the country around the Jordan, that's an area um, in Israel, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So this is the message that people needed in order to be prepared for Jesus a baptism of repentance for forgiveness of sins. What are those two things? Well, that's a bit earlier when I mentioned this was quite a, a challenging message and not many people liked it. What John was basically saying was it saying to people, you're messed up. You need to turn away from how you're living your lives right now. You need to recognize you've got it wrong. Now, for the Israelites, this idea of baptism, we kind of like know the idea of baptism. At 9.30 this morning, we, had a, we did a baptism and we splashed water on a, a William, who was two years old. It was wonderful. I love baptising people. But we know the imagery of baptism and splashing of water and, and washing clean. And it wouldn't have been, it's not something that uh, Israel didn't know. They knew about it. But what it, baptism back then was for was it was for everybody else and not for the Israelites not for the Jews it was for Gentiles it was anybody that wasn't an Israelite, an Israelite that wanted to become part of their nation to believe in God they needed to be cleansed and washed clean in the Jordan seven times and it's that kind of same word because they were dirty they were unclean they, the Jews, were the chosen people of God they were right they, were, they had the sacrificial system to deal with their sins but they were the chosen people they, they were close to God And yet here is John saying to them, in order to be ready for Jesus, you need to be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. A baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. You need to recognize that you're people that have got stuff wrong. You've messed up. And repentance is sort of, it's not just saying sorry, but it's about wanting to turn away from that way of life and look to something else. So, John was saying, you've got to recognize that you, as people, you've got stuff wrong. And you need to turn away. And you're ready for Jesus when you want to turn away from that and look for something else. And that's where Jesus comes in, when you're turning away and you're looking for something else. It's about recognizing you need guidance and you need help. And that's when you're ready for Jesus. That's when you're ready to look to him and to follow him. It's like making a straight path. I wonder if any of you have been in a really, really long tunnel um, that's been quite straight. It's total darkness. But if you can see forward, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, can't you? And I think this is what kind of a a, a bit what John is trying to say here, is that actually we live in a world where stuff is messed up. Sometimes we mess up and it's totally our fault. And we all mess up and it's totally our fault. But sometimes the messed up stuff stuff that happens in our life is not our fault. It's stuff that happens to us because somebody else has messed up. Or lots of other people have messed up. But what John is saying is once we, once we recognise that and we want to turn and we don't want to go about trying to fix it or sort it all on our own, he says it's like having a, a light at the end of the tunnel. It removes all the obstacles, all the darkness around us and we can have a focus and you can walk towards that light in the right direction. And that is what John is saying here. He's saying get the obstacles out of the way and you can see a path forward and you know it's straight. actually I'm doing it that way, but the end of the path is actually behind me up there. It's the cross. We know that Jesus came and he ultimately sorted out all the mess in the world. He put it to death on the cross. A lot of us in our Christian walk, we can believe that God wants to speak to us, And we can make space as well and try and listen to God. But actually, I think the last thing is the one that is the hardest thing. And that's actually about really trusting what God is saying to us and putting it into practice. Because it involves recognizing that somebody knows better than us. It's about recognising that we need to acknowledge we've got stuff wrong. I don't like being told I'm wrong. Hands up here, anybody that likes their mistakes and errors being pointed out to them. But that's what John is saying we need to do if if we want to grow and trust and be ready for Jesus. Actually, we need to put our trust in his words. We need to listen to them and then accept them and then walk forward with them. I've shared a bit about my testimony in the, in the past, so I'm not going to go through the whole story again, but that's kind of what happened in, in my life. I grew up in a church community, and I grew up knowing about God, and I knew a lot about God. But I went away to Coventry of all places, left home, and I just thought, I'm just going to go about life my own way. It's going to be so much more fun. I know, my, i, I it's just going to be so much fun doing it this way and doing it that way. And being honest with you, there were parts of it that were, that were fun for a fleeting moment. But there was something missing from them, there was something that didn't last. And I found myself getting, just knowing that something was lacking. And I found it really, really depressing. This horrible weight on my life. was doing all these things thinking I'd find great fulfillment in them. And then I just remember a moment when God says, You know about me. Why don't you actually trust what you know about me? And I can honestly say that was the turning point in my life when I realised that actually what I was missing in my life was putting into practice what I knew about God. I knew him, but I was still thinking, oh, I know better. I'm okay. I can do things all on my own. But actually that moment when I realised I needed to put my trust in somebody else, it was the most freeing and the best decision of my life. And it doesn't mean that life is easy, but actually it means you can Go through life, sure-footed, one step in front of the other. Because we know that the cross is at the end. You know that actually, no matter what comes your way, you are going to be with God. There is nothing that is going to defeat what he has done in our lives for us. But God does say in order to have that gift, we need to recognize that we need it. We need to recognise we're messed up and we need to trust it. So, I just want to finish by asking you this question. How ready are you, not for Christmas, but for Jesus to come again? Are there obstacles that are growing in your life that are stopping you from seeing the path ahead? Are there maybe parts of your life where you need to spend time with God and trust his way rather than just do it your own way? Are there times in, or are there places in your life or where you're just so busy that you're not leaving any time for God? make time for God, hear his words, put them into practice. I guarantee it is the best decision you'll make in every single thing. It might not be easy, but it'll be the best thing you've done.